This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. On a flyover Thursday, we welcome you to Miller and Condon here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us for the next couple of hours. A busy show here today coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We're going to start things off with our buddy Stephen M. Sipple. What kind of mood is he in? Well, more so Husker Nation. Well, I mean, Sip has been called a little bit of a... Also, yeah, not as bad as Not most as of them. bad as some of them. I mean, he doesn't sing the fight song. He might clap along. Yeah, he that's fair. But he doesn't, he doesn't say it in the For press For sure box. he taps his foot. Oh, there's no doubt yeah, about that. Taps his foot. Uh, so Stephen M. Sipple, then Lee Sterling, our buddy from Paramount Sports, who Trent, credit where credit's due, uh-huh. crushed him. Last week he crushed him. Uh, his plays of the year, a couple of them anyways, came in big for him. So Lee Sterling's got a five-pack of games, including Cyhawk. What does he see? Or how does he see it? We'll find out at about 1045 with Lee. You and I, along with, I know for sure Heather from the Morning Rush, mm-hmm. I don't think Travis is a part coming over anyways. Right. Um, of course, Sean Roberts is out of here before I was able to find out. But you and I and uh, some of the Morning Rush will be at Principal Park tomorrow. There's a big blood drive going on. Yes. And we're going to find out more information about. We'll spend four or five minutes uh, with Danielle West from Life Serve Blood Center, um, who's doing a at Principal Park. It's a, it's a great cause, obviously. Yes. Blood drives, uh, and you and I will broadcast our show from there tomorrow. So as the morning rush will do, uh, preceding us from six until eight, and then we'll be there from eight until ten. Uh, followed by Alex Halstead on the Cyclones and Mark Morehouse on the Hawkeyes. So a busy BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Speaking of Principal Park, a big day. Not only the blood drive going on there, but our friends over at Opportunity on Deck have yes. their game. Is it tomorrow, too? That's tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock. Free admission. You can stop out there. Tim Dwight will be playing along with Tavian Banks on one of the teams. Yep. On the other side, you'll have Jenny Bronchick and I believe a former Iowa State player, Ernst Brunn Jr. will oh, be, nice. be over there. So. Is he still coaching Roosevelt or helping out over there? I'm Kino? not sure. Mitchell Moore, the yeah. head coach that we met this summer, boy, was I impressed by him. I was too. If there's a guy, and Roosevelt's 2-0, and and they played really well last week, dominated mm-hmm. Lincoln. If there's a guy that can get one of these city schools turned around, he would be the horse that I'd be betting on. He and you do you have a Roosevelt game on the schedule at yes. some point Good. later on this season? I think maybe they welcome oh, in. Oh, I remember because we talked about it. it's it's late in the year and you wanted to be in the warmth of the press box well, at Drake Stadium. It makes sense. I'm not. It's a you got to look ahead. You got to look ahead and find those good places, and that's certainly the case at Drake Stadium. They're off to a good start. Segwaying from I said the horse that I'd bet on there. Yes, Ken. I I had a couple people ask me on Twitter, what do you know about this this horse racing scandal? I said. I know it's Iowa State Week, but can you give us two minutes? Just sure. help, help the lay people out because 
it's way over my head. It, well, and here's the, here's the situation, right? So, so, and again, we'll spend two minutes on this because it is I hockey. Justify won the triple crown. Mm-hmm. Justify didn't start as a two year old, so he had to earn as many points as he could. You get into the starting gate based on points, and the first points race is actually coming up this weekend. And Dennis Albon, Jason Luce have the Jason Luce have the prohibitive favorite in a race at Churchill Downs. But that aside, so Justify needed a certain amount of points and only had one race to do it because he got a late start in his career. He ran in the Santa Anita Derby, won the race, therefore stamping his ticket into the Kentucky Derby. But, unbeknownst to anybody until yesterday, during the running of the Santa Anita Derby, Justify had illegal drugs in his system. Now, it's not like he's sitting in his stall, you know, with a razor blade cutting up lines, right? <laughs> right. It was a, you know, th- these are humans that get to these horses. And Justify, not theoretically, should have been disqualified from the Santa Anita Derby, therefore making him eligible to run in the Kentucky Derby. So he shouldn't have had one of those spots in the starting gate. If he was DQ'd, which he should have been, the Santa Derby uh, race gets wiped off his record. We never know about Justify. Mm-hmm. Doesn't run and win the Derby. Doesn't come back two weeks later and win the Preakness. Doesn't come back three weeks later and join horse racing immortality by winning the Belmont and capturing the Triple Crown. No so, $60 million stud fee. And that's the biggest thing because um, this, this horse mates three times a day. And I'm not. Sure, it is a good life, and I'm not sure what his his, his stud fee is. It's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm going to guess it's probably three hundred thousand dollars every time he crawls. Up I thought on the I back saw two fifty maybe 250. in yep, the, okay. the Times article. Yeah, yep, okay. Um, so I was close. Mm-hmm. But so think about this. He's making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a day. For his breeders, every day. They said they have already recouped that $60 million just in stud fees. And the reason he's worth $60 million is because he's a triple crown winner. If he would have been just justify the horse, who's <laughs> obviously got a lot of ability, you know, he'd maybe made five ten thousand $10,000 until he started to get some offspring. So it's a major story. It's a major wow. scandal in horse racing. Anyways, we move on. Speaking of scandals, we'll get to sports in a second. This isn't a scandal by any means. Ted Flint's real name isn't Ted Flint. <laughs> For people on Twitter, and Ken and I are on there way too much, uh, certainly according to my wife, way too much do I set, spend time on Twitter. Ted Flint, he is famous in Twitter circles for yes. being Ted Flint, a provocateur <laughs> in the world of cyclone Not a troll, Twitter. but he no. stirs it up. Yes, absolutely. And he's shown up in my mentions overnight a couple of times. I think I, got, I blog on in the morning. I got all these, holy Christ, what happened? What, what did you and do? It's, it's Ted and his minions, <laughs> yes, or whatever yeah. you want to call them, and they, they've all got their torches and their pitchforks, and they came after me one night. But So Mark Emmert wrote a piece, and this is actually a really good angle to mm-hmm. this story, the Cyhawk Week, right? And one that uh, Mark Emmert from the Des Moines Register, I know you were part of uh, uh, Hawk Central yesterday, mm-hmm. Emmert, Leister Cowan yourself. As Ross Peterson was uh, on RVTV, and he's gone next week fishing. Yes. Busy times. It is a good time, and it's perfect time for him because the Hawks are off. Mm -hmm. But so Mark Emmert wrote a piece on some of the more well-known Twitter, what would we call them, peeps? Yeah, yeah, just part of... Cy-Hawk, Twitterverse. Cyhawk Twitter. Yes. And Plan Sick Days. PSD is the best. Yeah. And he always has been. Um, but what Plan Sick Days is to the Hawkeyes, I think Ted Flint is kind of to the Cyclones. Sure. Fair? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that I can think of another 
Twitter, a person I follow on Twitter that, you know, kind of comes close to PSD. Their positivity for their team. Yes. And then they'll throw shade at the rivals. And the humor. I mean, funny stuff. Some of the signs that, uh, you know, the game day signs have Mm -hmm. been, you know, I, I get a chuckle out of them. Anyways, so Mark Emmert wrote that. And Ted Flint, Kansas, as he's known on Twitter, that's not the dude's real name. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I just, yeah. like many others out there, I guess probably 99% of the people that see him on Twitter, if you're on Twitter all the time, think Ted Flint, because we should post pictures of himself, mm-hmm. but we know what he looks like. It's a big dude. Big bearded man. Big bearded man. Um, you know, just assumed if I would have gone up to him, like many people have seen him on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming, seen him at tailgates. Hey, that's Ted Flint. <laughs> right. And gone, hi, Ted, I'm Ken, or whatever, right? And and Ted's got a, I just keep going with the with the charade that, yeah, Ted Flint, nice to meet you. I was uh, texting with Chris Williams earlier today. He knows, obviously, Ted Flint. Well, because Ted Flint wrote a piece at the Tailgate Society explaining why he goes by this and said, everybody at KXNO knows my name. Well, hey, t- tap the brakes. Well, but we don't know his I name. I have no idea who he is. I thought he was Ted Flint. Well, and Chris said, I'd have to think for a moment. He was driving at the time. He said, I have to think. So you asked Chris to, to help you out? And he just said, I still just call him Ted. Like, <laughs> I know his name isn't Ted, but he just calls him Ted. Everybody just refers to him as Ted. You talk about a nickname. Yeah. That's a different way That's to go brilliant. about it. But Emmer, really fun piece. And it is a good piece. We need some of that fun. Yes. It, it gets... This week can get ugly. Until Sunday, and then everybody goes back to being Iowans, for the most part. Eh, there's there's a little hangover. And with sure. Iowa, with the bye week the following week, that'll linger a little Ooh, bit longer. I never thought of that angle. One way or the other. If, if Iowa well, comes especially out... Especially if it goes Iowa State's way, yes. it'll really linger. If Iowa goes out and dominates the game and wins it by a few scores, then they'll still be trolling Iowa mm-hmm. State and going after mm-hmm. them. If they lose, mm. ooh, that negativity, that'll pile up in a hurry. Indeed. That's an interesting angle to it. Well, anyways, we encourage you to read Mark Emmert's piece if you're a Twitter uh, Twitterer, uh, as both uh, Trent and I. I I can't get enough of it. I'm I'm like you. It's it's uh, to me the two biggest um, tools, most beneficial tools for what we do are HDTV and Twitter. <laughs> uh, since I come on the air, two pretty good ones. Two pretty good ones indeed. HTV, HDTV, and Twitter. Let's talk sports. Speaking of HDTV, I watched three local playoff air quote local MLB teams last night. Not all of the games. I most watched more Cardinals, uh, more Cardinals and the Rockies than any of the other two. The Twins fell behind early mm-hmm. uh, in the baseball game, and the the Cubs just trend. I mean, perfect example. Anthony Rizzo leadoff triple. Yes, stranded. Here they go. Stranded him. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, and then got blank for the game. Cole Hamels was mm, okay. Yeah, for a while. Better than he has been. Better than he has been. Still didn't get five innings, but uh, got tagged with the loss. Now they're a half game up on the Brewers, who I think are getting that. As we talked about with Cappy, you're getting that kind of bump from, not not bump, positive bump, mm-hmm. but a circle the wagons kind of bump with the news that, you know, Christian Yelich, their superstar, and he clearly is, um, is going to be out for this. And then just a fluke, too, in the batter's box, fouls a ball off his kneecap. We've seen it happen, you know, numerous times throughout the year, but just must have caught him. Perfectly, right? Yeah, uh, for that to happen. So, uh, race is on, going to be fun. We've got the, the Brewers and the Cardinals this weekend. You know, as I was conversing on Twitter last night, the Cardinals broadcast crew, they call him Jimmy Baseball, I think is what they call him. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jim Edmonds uh, and Dan McLaughlin, they're a good team. That's a good broadcast team. And you know my 
um, distaste, I guess, for the Cardinal broadcast over the years, whether it be radio, which isn't a real good endorsement for you know uh, <laughs> KXNO's MLB team. Uh, yeah, we've, we encourage you to listen, but you're going to hate the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but watching it on TV, they're they're a pretty good listen. They're an easy listen. Great chemistry. You know, McLaughlin and McCarver, there's no chemistry there. No, not at all. It's it is, tough. It is two guys almost doing separate games yeah. at, at times. It has right. that, that kind of feeling where there's no fun. There's no brevity. There, there's none of that in the box. That's not what we get. Edmonds is good. Mm-hmm. I, I was the yes, same as you. I was watching with DeYoung. I thought he had a homer. Yes. And went off the wall. And yes. It, it it was a rough night of baseball overall. The Cubs just never could get going. It doesn't matter. I mean, as we talk about Midwest baseball, the American League, it's going to come down to the Astros and the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Are we underselling the Cardinals? We've done it all year long. Yeah, maybe we are thinking, again. I was thinking last night I was watching the game. You know, son of a gun. We could have not ignored. It's just easier to talk Cubs because Cubs move the needle more. and mm-hmm. We like to play the hits. Um from 10 to noon, at least as if we possibly can. And we got Cappy, right? We got right. A, wonderful, a wonderful Cubs guest. Not that Brian Walton's bad, but everybody knows Cappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we overlooked this team. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It might be as plain in the nose as you're on, on our faces that this, this Cardinal team, somehow, some way, don't overlook them because you know, maybe they are a team that I don't think they'll beat the Braves. I certainly don't think they'll get past the Dodgers if that's what it is. But, man, they've exceeded all expectations so far. Might they again? Carpenter finally has at least played better than a replacement level, and that's what he was mm-hmm. before he had another trip to the IL. Dropped that's him way down there. in the lineup. Yes. Colton Wong's been excellent. He's great. It felt like it has finally all come together for Colton Wong. Hudson last night I thought was yeah. good. Yachty, since he's come yeah. back off the IL, he's been really good. That's the trade that they never made, Trent. Yeah. That's the acquisition because we killed him for not just us. I mean, everybody was uh, for not going out and helping that team. But they got their leader back, and maybe that was, you know, internally that was enough to to get uh, to boost this club. Ozuna and Goldschmidt in the yeah. middle of the lineup. I mean, they they have pieces offensively mm-hmm. that you think they can combat it. I, the question becomes on the other side: What's that rotation going to look like? Who are going to be the guys that start the four games throughout the playoffs? Who's going to be that group? And Though the bullpen, I really do like that bullpen. Mm-hmm. You've been saying that for a while. That remains the big question to me. How do you piece together four? Can you find four? Do you have to? <laughs> well, can you get away with probably. three? Yeah, I don't think you can. You certainly can in the in the World Series because mm-hmm. uh, there is no tomorrow. But um, yeah, good, fair point. But you know what? We're we're gonna promise next week, as I did on Twitter last night. We'll do a Cardinal segment. Every week until they, they get knocked out of the playoffs, because they're they're clearly a factor, mm-hmm. and it looks as though they're going to win the division because this car this Cubs team just can't get up off off the mat. Waka showing signs of life. Yeah, yeah. The Iowa guy. Not bad. Not bad. And Flaherty's Flaherty. You know, Flaherty's Flaherty, and Meklis is Meklis, and mm-hmm. they they got some dudes. Wayne Wainwright's still there. Yeah, but more of a leader, more of a tutor type of role for him right now. But he'll. You'll pitch some innings in the playoffs. I mean, I think you have to, right? Right. His history says he might. He's clearly not the same guy as he was, obviously, but he's still got that experience where not a lot of the other guys on that team uh, necessarily do. So uh, we'll pay attention, more attention to this Cardinal team. You know, I uh, from back from from yesterday, and it's, you know, it's a topic all week long. Yeah, it's their Super Bowl. It's their Super Bowl. <laughs> sure. You know why that? And it, you know why I'm convinced that? And I don't necessarily like it. I don't think it means any more to Cyclone fans or to Hawkeye fans. I don't. I really don't. 
You know why why I think it became that? Because of it was one person's Super Bowl. Yeah. It was Dan McCarney's Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was the one game that he wanted to win as he built his program. And I think because of the emphasis, because every one of the players that we've spoken to, and we've had four quarterbacks, we don't have a former player today on the show, but tomorrow we've got the guy. He has a game named after him. He does have a game named after him. We're going to talk to Shaggy. The Shaggy game. Who kicked all five of the field goals in the 15-13 win for Coach Gene Chizik. So we'll get Shaggy tomorrow at 11 o'clock and looking forward to him. I got to know him a little bit. Away from football after okay. he graduated, um, and he's a he's a good dude. So I reached out to him here this morning. And I wanted to have him on, but I don't. Don't you think that that's why the air quote Super Bowl moniker, and I guess because McCartney was the Cyclone coach, that that's why this game took on that. Well, it's their Super Bowl moniker, fair or not? And it's easy for a Hawkeye fan to just excuse it. Well, okay, we're we're better than that, but that was that their was super. their super. That bowl, they right. put everything in there. There's a part of it though that does ring true when a team goes two and ten, and one of their two wins is against you, even after McCarty. Mm-hmm. That you can at least have that thought process. That's the reason that it creeps in. But in today's age, Matt Campbell hasn't beat Iowa yet. If it's a Super Bowl, he's zero three in Super Bowl games at this point. So yeah, I I think you're exactly right. Looking back, building the program, what it had to be, and, and we've talked in the past about you know what Iowa State football was throughout the '80s and, and into the '90s with McCarney. Absolutely, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Today, I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second that this is anybody's. No, I don't either. I don't either. But I think it was back then. Wow, Heather, just uh, interesting tweet from Heather. So, have you followed this story of the of the Drake accidental shooting? No. So I'm going to read Heather's tweet verbatim. Um, and this has to do with, is it Tramel Murphy, the Drake yeah. basketball player? Yeah. First told police a 19-year-old man and fell and hit his head when police and paramedics arrived, but later admitted he was handling a firearm in his bedroom when it accidentally discharged. Murphy's been cooperating with the police since his admission of the accidental shooting. So, in fact, this actually came out yesterday as to... You know, because people were wondering why is there no names been released to this? So Drake basketball players involved in this accidental shooting, and I guess it's changed the story from when it first happened. Ooh, that's a scary situation. Certainly yeah. not not the news you want to hear for Drake basketball right. fans after last year's year one, how good it was. Really, and, and there's more to it. He's been arrested on two misdemeanor counts in relation to the accidental discharge at his residence, making a false report to law enforcement, but is now, I guess, cooperating with the police. So that's on Heather's uh, Twitter feed, Heather hmm. Radio, at Heather Radio, uh, with that information. So now we get a little clarity as perhaps what was behind that. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's happened. It's been a while now. I think it would made the paper or... Uh, Des Moines Register dot com. Oh, last weekend maybe. Okay, and then you know I just I, lost it in the shuffle. I guess. I and, guess, and yeah. then came out yesterday. So, um, not interesting news, but certainly news worth following. And uh, hats off to at Heather Radio for putting that out there on Twitter. Good stuff there. We talk baseball. Mm-hmm. Cyhawk Week is here, and we got some prop bets. Yeah, we. I saw this. So, so we've talked in the past. We can't. They cannot in the right. casinos have the individual player props, mm-hmm. but they couldn't put out props for the game. In fact, I mean, you can consider the over under 
a prop, if you yeah, will. Yeah, and I don't, per se, and yeah. I don't alternate alternate point spreads the same way. I guess technically they are considered a prop. Have you ever played one? I have. In fact, I really enjoy, I played them a lot during the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. when I feel like there is, there's value in those bigger numbers or tighter numbers and going back the other way where not only taking a team that you think is going to pull an upset on the money line, but lay two and a half. Play three and a half if you think the team not only is going to win the game, but maybe win it by a couple of points there in basketball. So I do it a lot more there. I don't play around with it a ton in football unless I have a strong opinion, but it's something that I've toyed with in the past and been pretty successful at it. Maybe I'm going to have to look at this a little bit deeper now. We have them for Cyhawk Week. Yeah, I mean, literally, Trent, I mean, the way I look at it, um, there's only like five you know what I would consider props. I don't think alternative point spreads are props. Again, I guess technically they are, uh, but there there should be hundreds on this game. It could be H- hundreds on on this. And game. you don't have to have player props to make a prop. No, and then they came up with five of them, but it's sadly it's 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 not enough. And I uh, truly, as we said yesterday, I look for this to change. All right, we'll get our break in here. We'll get Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star, Lee Sterling with his five pack of picks coming up at about ten forty five. Uh, the Morning Rush and Miller and Condon are at Principal Park tomorrow for a blood drive uh, event. And um, we're going to talk to Danielle West about that, get all the information as to what's going on at Principal Park pursuant to this blood drive. Uh, we'll be there doing our show tomorrow in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, also, we'll have Alex Halstead on the Cyclones and Mark Morehouse on the Hawkeyes. It's 21 minutes after the hour of 10. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Oh. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. A little somber music coming out here. I get it. I'm sure there's a lot of that played over to the neighbors to our west. Black balloon, not red balloons, floating through the air late Saturday afternoon. Who was that? Nina or Nina or something? The oh, red ni- balloons? 99 loof balloons? <laughs> Let's get Stephen M. Sippel in here, Lincoln Journal Stars. Uh, we talk Nebraska Cornhusker football once a week with our buddy Stephen M. Sippel throughout the football season. And now that they've got that uh, coach that uh, played over names in basketball, I'm guessing we'll do uh, more with Sip during the basketball season. But good to talk to you, Stephen M. Sippel. How are you? Oh, good to be with you guys. And I, yeah, I hope we can talk during basketball season, which obviously is rapidly approaching. Indeed, is that good news for for Oscar fans <laughs> after what they saw last week? <laughs> hey, as I as I was saying the sentence, oh, I figured this <laughs> might be the reaction. Um, I, <laughs> Walked right into it. Yeah. No, we got. Hey, there's a lot of season sure. left, it. but it's been a it's been a uh, unexpected start over here that's for sure no doubt about it Sip. i guess one of my bigger takeaways was just how husker nation traveled to Folsom field i mean it blew me away i i don't know what the percentage was i don't know how anybody could actually come up pinpointed precisely but you were there was it 60 40 husker fans it seemingly was oh on yeah TV. That, yeah i think that's i think that's really safe um my initial thought like right before kickoff was 50 50 and then, then it was pretty clear that was too conservative. It was probably 60-40. And I know on the broadcast uh, they were saying 70-30. And, and I don't think that's out of bounds. I mean, it was, um, it was really remarkable. It was, uh, and Kenny, who, who you've been around a long time, um, I always feel like I <laughs> – Trent's been around too. <laughs> but I uh, – But you and I are old, Sip. 
Yeah, we're old, Trent, so just let the old guys have their little uh, party here. But I, I, um, I, I, it was such, I mean, so many memories flood back. And that scene in Boulder is just a beautiful college football scene. It really scene. is. And when, the stadium, and when the stadium's like that, I mean, I, that, 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 it was super energy charged. I mean, it was, that was. I forget a lot of games. I mean, I, I, you, there's a lot of games you could yeah. say sip. You remember '09, this game, and I just I flat even don't remember being there. But <laughs> but I'll but but I will never forget this game in Boulder and really the particulars of it. And, and Ralphie too, right? I mean, it's such a great way to start a. I, I used to love that. I used <laughs> yeah, to love it. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. You know, I cover I cover the game with two guys, once from Wisconsin. So he's never, obviously, never seen a game in Colorado. Um, he's a newer guy, you know. He's in his twenties, and and then another guy who came from Springfield, Missouri, who'd never been to a game in Boulder, and they were just captivated by Ralphie, and so was I. I, yeah. I, I, I wish they'd do it at the start of the game and the start of the second half. I mean, I, <laughs> it, it it really, yeah. That if if that doesn't get you going, there's really no hope for you. Except one of the more incredible numbers to come out of this in the fourth quarter was so much fun. Big plays, the flea flicker from Colorado backed up at their three-yard line. Yeah, Five straight overtime games where Nebraska hasn't scored a point. That seems impossible. Well, not from my perspective. <laughs> I've, seen, I've, seen some, I've seen some bad football, uh, Trent. Um, I, uh, not, yeah, I mean, I think when you start getting into stats like that, you're just talking about programs that haven't won at a very high level in a while, and that's Nebraska. I mean, we can be frank about it. I think Nebraska fans are they understand that there's a lot of stats like that out there, you know that that you you kind of put it in the context of the old Nebraska. You got to kind of put it in the context of the recent Nebraska, and you know, I mean, going back to you know 2000, going back to 2002, it hasn't been that good here. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. Sip, why can't they close these games? Why can't they finish off football games? Well, they haven't had a... They've had two players drafted in the last three drafts. That's mm. one reason, right? No. Uh, two players drafted in the last three drafts. One was Tanner Lee, who's out of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of it just comes down to you don't have... I mean, we always have these discussions... In, in our sports realm about why, why this, why that. And you can, you can overdo it, overanalyze it. When, when people ask me, why, you know, how do you close a game? I mean, why, why do teams close games? Well, why do, why, why can't others? Hey man, if you have Rex Burkhead in your lineup at the end of the game, Remember, remember how Rex had a knack for picking up first downs. How Rex had a knack still does getting in the end zone. Yeah, he still does. Amir Abdullah, have an have a have a couple guys like that on offense. Have a Levante David on defense and a Randy Gregory on defense. Um, get NFL guys, caliber guys that close games. You see him in Iowa. How about your defensive ends? They close games. I watched them. I watched them last year. I watched that big defensive end. Is it Epineza? Yep. Just affect the game with two huge plays last year in the second half. So I, uh, that's how you do it. That's just my opinion. You gotta, you gotta get 
NFL caliber players who have the clutch gene, and you'll close some games out. So, how's the fan base after this one? I mean, we we know about the illusions of national championship. Council Bluffs and the Ameristar over there casino had hundreds of thousand dollars bet on Nebraska to win the national championship. It's one non-conference loss, though. How did the fan base take this one? Uh, the cynicism really sparked up quick here. Hmm. Um, frustration and cynicism. Um, it's it 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 came quick now. I mean, it's it's not just about this game. It's about the South Alabama game too. You know, mm-hmm. Nebraska didn't yep. play well against South Alabama. There was a lot of frustration after that game. Um, and then just the way this game unfolded um, really sparked, I would say. <laughs> it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a rough conversation, really. I mean, impatience, frustration, and cynicism. You hit, you're hearing it. I mean, you're here, it can't, like I said, it just, it's just like a storm that cropped up suddenly. You, you know, we've all seen those in the Midwest, just, Seems like out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you know, it's it's there's thunder and lightning and it's raining hard. It you just it'll go, it'll pass, you know. I think, um, <laughs> but right now, it, it like I said, just the just the way they lost that game, you know, up seventeen zero, um, and then just sort of um, it wasn't like Colorado. It wasn't like there was a a, a quick avalanche in the second half. It was more just kind of. You just kind of slowly, I don't know, the way I felt about it was I've seen this before. This doesn't look good early in the third quarter. Colorado is stopping Nebraska. Colorado's not getting that much done, but enough that you worry. And then, boom, 24 points in the fourth quarter. Um, Nebraska makes some boneheaded mistakes. And then in overtime, you know. The sack. The sack, and I thought Scott's play calls were yep. uncharacteristically conservative. The two runs, sip, uh, is that what you mean? Yeah, the, yep. two, the two perimeter runs. Yep. Um, all that is just a, it's a tough picture for Nebraska fans who, you know, I mean, Nebraska, there was a time when it prided itself on hammering between the tackles in that situation. Um, mono on mono, mono on mono, we're, gonna, we're just going to beat you, like Iowa kind of does now. Um, and then so you run the perimeter, you get a bad snap in overtime and take a sack, and that's it. And then, and then the amazing, most amazing, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen was the Colorado fans rushing the field yeah. and go, going over to an end of the, the stadium where Nebraska fans were and just really taunting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, grown men grabbing yeah. their junk. I mean, it was it was really, yeah. Media members. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never saw that. No, good. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was none of that. But it was uh, obviously a memorable scene. Yeah, no doubt. So going forward, Sip, Northern Illinois uh, this week before you get into uh, Big Ten play and Illinois, the first game as you tra- travel to Champaign before Ohio State visits Lincoln. But I, I guess what would – what would heal Husker Nation this weekend, or is that possible with Northern Illinois in town? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't. I mean, I guess if they would win the game fifty-six to seven or something like that, yeah, I think that would help. But there's still going to be a lot of people that say, "Well, it's just Northern Illinois." Even though Northern Illinois won here in 2017, and even though Northern Illinois 
won the MAC last year. We forget that. Mm-hmm. And even though Northern Illinois, I mean, they played, they had 50 sacks last year and held opponents to 2.7 yards per game. I think this game could be rough for Nebraska offensively again. I, I have respect for what Northern Illinois does on defense. They're playing good defense this year. They had six starters back from that unit. Nebraska's not running the ball well. I mean, particularly between the tackles. Um, although, I mean, you'll, you'll get some mixed opinions on that. But the bottom line is Nebraska's averaging 3.1 yards per rush going against a team that's been strong against the run. So, um, and, 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 you know, Adrian hasn't been lighting it up right. in the passing game. He's been good. I mean, he's averaging, I think he's averaging 11 yards uh, completion. His numbers, his numbers aren't bad, but it's one of those cases where, you know, I mean, you can look at numbers. I use, and, and a lot of people do. I trust my eyes. And what I've seen, I don't, it just doesn't, He's not playing at the level he did last year. Yeah, you and I are old. We we trust our eyes instead of the analytics, and probably always will, and I think that's a good thing. Hey, last thing, Sip, yeah. for you, in, in like one minute. How big of a talker on your radio show over there is the fact that, you know, tomorrow night at, at uh, the witching hour, uh, ESPN's going to leave DirecTV if there's no deal, and we're inside 36 hours for that to happen. How big of a talker? Do Husker fans realize and your audience realize that, and I'm sure that's probably 50% of your audience has direct TV uh, that ESPN is going to be off that uh, tomorrow night at midnight. Uh, they, I mean, isn't this a deal where it feels like there's going to be a problem, but that's what they, that's what the negotiating parties want. I hope one of them wants, um, and then it just gets done in the, in the final hour. It hasn't been talked about. Uh, it, nobody's brought it up to me except, except for you, yep. but, I, but I appreciate you putting it on the, my radar screen. Um, now, as a guy who doesn't, you know, I cover a team, and I don't, you know, I just don't watch, right. don't watch a lot. I'm, I'm usually at a stadium, so it doesn't affect me. Um, but I, uh, that's something to watch. I'm glad you brought it up. Topic for you for tomorrow instead of Northern Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's always good to have topics. Absolutely, topics are good. Indeed, People, pal. Good to talk to you, Sip. We, we'll talk to you next <laughs> week before you head to Champagne. Okay. Great, great job. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Stephen M. Sipple, uh, Lincoln Journal star, joining us uh, here as uh, we talk Huskers every week. NIU, a couple uh, years ago, nipped them over they did? there. Yeah. Mac is pretty down this season overall. I think we've seen that kind of happen. Is that what you said? So, yeah. so first couple of weeks, that's one of your takeaways? That's It's not nearly some of, the, mm-hmm. some of the good years that we've seen out of the Mac. That appears to be different this season. Big Just to entertain us on Tuesdays and Wednesdays right. in the first couple of weeks of when November. we get to November, right. help us out there. Give me a big old dose of action. So we both like what Wisconsin has done. Yes. Iowa's looked better than I think we anticipated. Absolutely. It's all coming together there. Yep. yep. Purdue lost their leading tackler yesterday. They did. And they might um, be looking at a QB change. Because Sindelar's hurt. They, Again. Yes. They have a youngster that they're, quote-unquote, excited about, mm-hmm. as they usually are. So Minnesota has not been but what they've I won. thought. They've won, true. And, that, and I love the overtime win on the road last weekend. That is something past Gopher teams, they wouldn't win either Fair of point. these two yeah, games. That's a good point because they were tested like crazy against uh, South Dakota State. Past Gopher teams lose those games. Maybe you Fair can point. read a little bit something into they found a way. Didn't I'm not play jumping great. off the bandwagon, no, but you just kind of pushed you. me back into the middle a little bit there. That's a, that's a valid point. Uh, you're right. Gophers normally wouldn't have won those games. Well, Illinois is better, but I still are. don't know what that means. 
They won four games last year. Could they uh-huh. sneak to six? Mm, like to see it. I like Lovey Smith in the Big Ten. Northwesterns looked looked awful. Then had a bye well, week. Then they, they had a bye UNLV. week, right? You know, here's the thing with Northwesterns. Kind of like Iowa State, out of sight, out of mind, right? right? They Absolutely. played week one and they didn't wow us. And now we kind of get the a bad feeling on, on on Northwestern and the great unknown in uh, in Ames for me. Penn State struggled for a half against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Michigan certainly struggled yeah. with Army. Yeah. Ohio State, are you buying what you've seen here the first couple weeks? That first game against Florida Atlantic was weird. Well, here's why I kind of am and I'm kind of not. Cincinnati, I picked last week to keep it close. Mm-hmm. And I did so based on the, wow, they beat UCLA. <laughs> yeah, beating UCLA. Right? <laughs> so, and that's kind of you fall. I found myself falling into that. I was the same way with Rutgers. Oh, absolutely. You know, they beat UMass in the world. I'm, gonna, I'm telling you, Trent, Rutgers going to give Iowa a game. Don't overreact to week one. We well, got week two coming up in the NFL. Though, you wait too. so damn long for it, right? You Be can careful in the NFL this week. Do not overreact to what you saw in week I've one. I've got a couple of releases, Trent. Oh. Take a couple of take the elastic band off the bankroll. You know who else has got a couple of releases? He's next, Lee Sterling. Yes. Well segue, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 14th KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you until noon. Gonna talk Iowa and Iowa State. Well, there's a surprise. <laughs> Hour <laughs> number two as we take you up until noon. Well, as we said at the beginning of the show, Trent Condon, Lee Sterling had a couple of major plays last weekend, and both of them were no doubt about it. It's none of that sitting on the edge of your seat, hoping that your team's going to come out in front. 77-6 to and 59-10 to were the two uh, winning scores uh, in his big games last week, and he's got another one this week. Lee, congratulations on that week you crushed for your clients. Yeah, I've had some big weeks, but I can never remember where my two biggest games were the two biggest blowouts in college with Oregon over Nevada, who some people thought, you know, might hang in there after that big upset against Purdue. And and then the other game, Baltimore over Miami, I had seen what had been going on the weeks preceding that game. And they're picking up guys that, you know, were cut. They they, they picked up 12 guys. I've never heard mm-hmm. of an NFL team picking up 12. They started two linemen with a combined five days of practice and just cut inexplicably two guys that were projected to start on the defense. They said they weren't good fits. So uh, trust me, uh, this is a real tank job. And if you think it's big this year, wait till next year when Trevor right. Lawrence comes out. We might have four or five teams uh, doing that. So you guys want to go over the uh, Buffalo and uh, Liberty game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on the that's on the tip Buffalo of our tongue. Played well last week in the first half against for the Penn first State. half against Penn yeah. State. Third yeah. quarter got away a little. We've bit. actually got better games than that, Lee. And one okay. of them, the first one, is actually one of the games that I'm going to play when Trent and I do our picks here on Friday. TCU and Purdue. We've got a Big Twelve and a Big Ten in both of those conferences. You know where we sit. Move the needle. Big Twelve, TCU, Big Ten, Purdue. How do you see it? I, I would love to see Sindelar playing in this game, but I have a feeling he's not going to be going. So they're going to have to start a true freshman, and I know that Jeff Rom says he's confident you know, that Plummer's going to do well, but I just don't think Jack Plummer's ready for this type of defense. It takes 
you know, sometimes <laughs> a year or two years to be able to see what type of blitz packages they're going to throw at a quarterback. TCU, on the other hand, pretty comfortable playing two quarterbacks, freshman Max Dugan and senior transfer from Kansas State, Alex Delton. They seem to coexist well, and I'm just not buying into this Purdue defense. They gave up almost 500 yards last week to Vandy at home. Uh, that If that doesn't tell you the buy signs on, how about this, the Boilermakers, 14 and 28 run here uh, at home and the visitor 39 and 18 in Purdue games here and TCU also had a bye to prepare for this game. I just think Patterson's a great, great coach with an extra week to prepare. Give me TCU 34-24. Game two, it's rivalry week here in the state of Iowa. Also rivalry week out in Pennsylvania as Pitt makes their way to State College to take on the Nittany Lions. This is a big number, but We've seen Pitt play well in this rivalry in the past. 17 is the number. What are you seeing with the Panthers and Nittany Lions? Yeah, Pitt here with triple revenge. But last year, I mean, it was a beatdown. They lose 51-6 to here. Pitt looked good for a half. Uh, but, you know, the Ohio quarterback we found out later wasn't 100%. So I'm just not that impressed here. I just doubt that Pitt can dent that Penn State tough defense for more than two touchdowns. Bye next week for Penn State, so no letting up. Penn State 13-5 and run here at home. Uh, Penn State pass rush here. I think they're going to have a field day. I'm watching this Pittsburgh offensive line to miss a lot of assignments. And uh, Pickett just misses a lot of open receivers here. Revenge is only good if you have the horses and Pitt doesn't here. Give me Penn State, 42-14. Mm, let's go to the yep. Big Ten East. And a couple of teams, they're both off the good starts. Indiana is 2-0. and They're hosting Ohio State. Most people's pick to win the East. Uh, yep. Ohio State is a uh, 16-point road favorite. How do you see it? Yeah, I think that, that, that you know, you're, this is going to be an interesting game because you have two elusive quarterbacks. Uh, so, you know, everyone knows about Justin Fields, but Michael Penix, not a lot of people know about mm-hmm. this guy. Um, you know, just, he just he gets away, and, you know, it just seems like guys are just grasping. Sometimes Justin Fields just runs away from people, but Penix has a good feel for the game. He's a freshman, he, right? Is he a true freshman? Or redshirt. I, I believe I believe he is a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I think so too. You know he played he played limited last week. I mean last year and and I, I, I like the kid. I think the kid just has a real real good feel for the game. And he played. He had um, thirty four pass attempts, twenty one for thirty four. Yeah, and he beat out a, a a starter, Peyton Ramsey, who started the entire season. Mm-hmm. I mean this this is a guy that people thought was entrenched and. So I, I think they know that the upside is greater here for him. Uh, also, Indiana, uh, they might be peeking ahead to UConn. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio State, um, you know, they started fast the last two weeks, but uh, watching that Cincinnati defense, they just they were beaten up after that UCLA game. They just play, they were played out, and you know they wanted to get up for the game. You know, their head coach had coached at Ohio State, just didn't have it. In Ohio State, how about this? 15-19-1 as a road favorite the last decade. Indiana seems to have Ohio State's number. They can't seem to win the game, but they're 7-1 and one against the spread the last eight versus Ohio State. Ohio State wins 42-35, but the Hoosiers cover. Big points there out of the Hoosiers and a cover for Indiana. Let's go to the Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. This time will be a West Coast team heading back to the Eastern time zone to East Lansing. Michigan State 
They have over 600 yards of total offense last week after looking completely inept offensively in Week 1. They bounce back in a big way. Arizona State, they can run it with Eno Benjamin. Big number here, though. 13 is what Sparty's favored by. I think they're begging you to take Arizona State. Mm -hmm. Don't fall for the trap here. This is a revenge game for Michigan State. And that game last year, Michigan State goes cross-country. It was 100 degrees at kickoff, that dry heat. And they just just weren't in sync. Their defense played well. They held uh, Arizona State in that game to 44 rushing yards, just 16 points. Should have won the game. That was against pretty darn good offense led by Manny Wilkins. At quarterback, they had the receiver, Harry, who's gone on to the Patriots. He was a first-round pick. So I I think this is going to be a different ballgame. First road start here for Arizona. True freshman, Jaden Daniels. He's talented. But first road start after two gimmies at home here. Michigan State already nine sacks on the season in two games here. Red zone offense and penalties really did them in last year. So uh, if they can just cut those out. I think that they're going to be in good shape here. So Arizona State also 2-5 and five on the road last year. I like Sparty big here, 31-10. Right there with you. That's a yep. play that I really yep. like this week. I'll yep. be playing it with you, Lee. Let's finish with the biggest game in the state of Iowa. It is our Super Bowl. It is the Seahawks game in Ames this year. Iowa State getting 2.5. And, and, Lee, we've had some look-ahead lines here, some lines in our new sports books across the state. Iowa State was favored by as much as 4.5 in some spots uh, when things came out. Now Iowa favored by two and a half. A huge swing there. What do you see with Iowa and Iowa State? Well, I, I think that you see that the public, uh, through watching the first couple games, Iowa looks probably better than advertised in Iowa State. You know, still hasn't found those guys and that can replace their key players at running back and receiver. And and, and uh, the public's pretty, pretty astute lately. So uh, I, I think this might be the most hyped Cy-Hall clash here since the series resumed in 1977. Kirk Ferentz seems to have figured out this rivalry. They've won four straight. I like the Iowa State quarterback, Brock Purdy, but I think he almost has to play perfect, like almost like Sam Erlinger-esque to keep them here in this game here. So I think Iowa has the better quarterback. I think Stanley's going to be a second or third round pick. If it continues like this, better running backs, better running game and run defense. And if you dominate the line of scrimmage, I think there's a much better chance you're going to win. Iowa State's going to have to try maybe some trickery. They're going to have to do something, maybe show some different sets and, and fool Iowa. I just don't think that they have the horses uh, you know, to go toe-to-toe with Iowa. Give me Iowa 26-20. 26-20. Well, your game of the week, USC is off to a uh, terrific 2-0 start. BYU got in the win column. USC is a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. It's the game of the week. If the gang wants more information, how do they reach out to you, Lee? Uh, also, how about this? We'll give them also Mississippi State and Kansas State. Great SEC Big 12 matchup. So you want to get either game, just call me here at the office, 800 400 Nine seven four one. How off to a great start! There were seventy games on the board last week. We picked out the two biggest blowouts in that huge Oregon seventy-seven to six win and the Baltimore win on Sunday. I have a forty-five unit game. It's even bigger than the two last weekend. I found a line in college football. It's off by two or three touchdowns. Mm. You want to get the game? Just go to ParamountSports.com. You can get the game individually, $97, or three weeks of every game I've got through Monday, October 2nd, just 297 It's all available, ParamountSports.com, or call 
800-529-9741. Talk to you next week, Lee. Good luck. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. You know, the Monday nighter, Sam Darnold is out. Yes. He's got mono, so Trevor Simeon starts. Wow. So tonight we've got... We got NFL football Tampa, tonight. I guess. A little the, bit different buildup than last is, week's Thursday right? night NFC game. NFC South, NFC South. It's got to be a better game than what we saw last Thursday, right? Boy, Do- I hope so. Right? Yeah, football's Please? football. And, and look, the Cardinals and the Cubs both play this afternoon. So football, the Twins will be playing. Twins but, will be uh, playing. Um, so, uh, so Simeon gets the start Monday night. Boy, oh boy. And this game tonight. NFL Network only. Yes. Not Fox until a couple weeks away. So they've Fox got one more over. stinker next Thursday before they actually put Titans the good Jags. teams. Don't we see that a Thursday at some point? In December, usually. A right? lot of times, yes. Oof. Well, uh, we've got NFL football tonight. We've got a busy 11 o'clock hour next. We're going to tell you about the blood drive that we're going to be at tomorrow. The morning rush will be there tomorrow, so will Trent and I. Then we'll talk clones and Hawkeyes. We're here until noon, 1460 KX.